Welcome to Girls on a Soapbox. We're work friends turned best friends, and we're getting on a new soapbox every episode. We take on every topic from your girls' group chat, laughing, crying, and giving you all the advice we wish that we had gotten. to get into our very first episode. Yes. This is a big one. Mm-hmm. We chose a big one for our first episode. Um, and before we get into the nitty gritty, I wanted to ask you, how are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited because this is something we've been working on for a minute now. Yeah. So I'm feeling excited. I... You know, there's lots of things going on, but I think in this moment, the good the good juju flowing is really taking the cake. The good juju is flowing tonight, honey. Yeah, baby. Yes. How are you, though? I'm good. I am really excited to be here with you. It's a very healing to talk to you. It always has been. I agree. It's been such a safe space in my life to talk to you and to laugh with you and to talk about serious things and I am in my luteal phase Mm. that is to say I am PMSing yes which really affects me and I tend to get a bit doom and gloom Mm -hmm. and like life is terrible and I'm terrible um and that's where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. I will say this is such an aside, but tracking my cycle, I have like a little app and knowing when and why I'm feeling a certain way has been a game changer to my life. Yeah. So I'm good because of that and I'm really good because I get to sit down with such a good friend today and chat. Love. Love. Saba, do you want to share with us what is making you die and what's making you cry yes madeline this is a segment where we will talk about what's making us cry aka happy cry aka what is moving us lately and what's making us die aka what are we obsessed with what are we loving Mm -hmm. so what's making me cry is you know, the usual, mm-hmm. my husband and my family. Right. It was my little sister's birthday this past weekend, and so I got to spend time with my sister, my parents, um, and Andrew, and getting that time with my loved ones, it's so priceless. You never get that time back, even if it's silly, even if it's errands. Um, I love getting that, and I got it, so I've just want to shout out to the world for that it was very fun what am I obsessed with right now this just really shows how like boring my life is right now but truly tracking my cycle Mm. I'm gagged you are gagged yeah for those who don't know gagged is a good thing right I learned it from tiktok Mm. so you're like I'm so gagged aka that's so good. 
I use the Flow app. So do I. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love logging my symptoms. You know what I love in the Flow app? What? The chat boards. <laughs> They're unhinged. If, if anyone's ever just looking for something to do on a Saturday night and you have the Flow app, go on the message boards. Specifically, you can go on to different message boards for different symptoms Mm -hmm. and in like the mood swing PMS symptom message board it is pure unadulterated feminine chaos (laughs) it's the best thing I've ever read it should be in in books literally honestly we should do a A live reading yes exactly that we are not sponsored by flow but But we would happily take one flow if you hear this dm us i've been using you for probably five years now and i love you i haven't but i pay for premium so do i it's like the only the only app that i have that i pay for premium i will say it's worth it it is worth it yeah because you get access (laughs) to the chat boards anyway (laughs) that was literally not an ad (laughs) we have no sponsors (laughs) oh man okay Um, what's making you cry and what's making you die madeline what's making me cry um i think I think what's making me cry right now is how supportive both of our partners respectively have been on our little pod journey. Yes. Um, and I wouldn't have expected anything less, to be sure. Otherwise, we would famously not be with them. However, I I just remember you telling me about how excited Andrew was when you told him and I was a little bit nervous to tell Alex not because of Alex but because it could feel a little foolish I think yeah and his reaction was so positive and he's just been he's listened to every practice episode we've done he gives me notes he gives me critiques he gives me all of the the positive notes and Every time he sends me off to do this, he's like, have so much fun. And I feel like I'm being sent off to, like, kindergarten in the best way. I know. Alex and Andrew are the best. They are. And so that's making me cry. That's such a good one. Yes. So I'm just so appreciative of both of their support. Yeah. And they've been, like, our our tech guys on the side, which has been amazing. They're boys on a soapbox. They are boys on a soapbox. They're the only ones they're the only boys so we allowed to be on a soapbox. Well, except, like... For the gays. Right. Of course. Girls, gays, and nays. But, like, if there's ever, like, the husband or partner of one of our girls, gays, or theys, Right. Who wants to be a boy on a soapbox. Right. We'll consider it. <laughs> so, that's, who's, that's what's making me cry right now. What's making me die... Gosh, what am I so obsessed with? I'm obsessed with lemons right now. Mm. Um, lemon flavored everything. I made a lemon, um, like a lemon cream pasta last night. I was dead. I'm not an incredible chef, but I can whip up a pasta out of anything. Um, and I'm just loving lemon. It's late summer. The heat is overtaking me and everything's got to be a little bit fresher. I love that. So I think lemons, and they're always just 
they inspire me aesthetically speaking. Oh, great one. Love lemons. Yeah. Live, laugh, lemons. Literally. (laughs) Okay. So, we are going to introduce you guys to today's topic. um, And we're going to let you know why it's important and why each of us specifically... um, are so excited to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Madeline, do you want to say what it is? Sure, yes. So our topic's name is Good Grief. Yes. And as a little trigger warning, we will be talking about death, dying, losing loved ones. Um, so if that's something that you are sensitive to, take care as you listen to this episode or come back to it when you're feeling more up to it if you want. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so today we're going to talk about grief, and this has been such a formative aspect in our friendship specifically. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I'll just go with why it's important to us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So my older brother passed away two years ago. And I moved to Houston four months after he died. And totally new place. Totally new place. Very, very minimal support system here. Um, and I met Sava just a couple months after that. So it's important for many reasons, but specifically why we are talking about it today is because it was such a pivotal aspect of our friendship and how we kind of dove into the relationship that we have now yeah and we really dove in head first how we bonded exactly and why I so badly want to talk about this is that frankly I have never dealt with losing someone close to me um I've had grandparents pass away but um Nothing that was unexpected or um, incredibly painful because Mm -hmm. they had reached a certain age and um, there was no real trauma associated with that. Definitely. Um, And sometimes I think it's incredibly intimidating to be a good friend to someone who has a loved one pass away, especially especially if you don't know what that's like. Mm -hmm. It feels like you're not qualified. It feels like there's nothing you can say. Um, It feels like it's better to just not even try, Mm -hmm. um, to just leave it so you don't make it worse. And I, more than anything, want to stop that from happening. Um, Madeline is going to share a really unique perspective from someone who has lost someone and um she'll share coping mechanisms and um advice on how to ask for help and I am going to share from the opposite perspective um how how to be supportive um and how to be there 
for your friends when they're going through something horrible without making it worse. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, that is the goal. <laughs> that is the goal. Definitely. So each episode, we're going to share with you our credentials and yes. why we are kind of certified to speak on each topic. So yeah. my credentials are that my brother died, <laughs> which makes me uniquely equipped to talk about this topic. Shout out, Garrett. Yes, shout out, Garrett. Really lame of you to do what you did to us. Um, if you can't tell, I use humor as a coping mechanism. Of course, of course. Yeah, so I'm going to just jump off and give a brief story about who Garrett is and kind of the experience of losing him. Yeah. Um, so my sweet, sweet brother Garrett is a magical tender-hearted, creative, intense person, and I could never think of enough adjectives to properly describe who he is, Um, but Garrett was 30 years old when he passed away, and I believe that would have made me 23, I think. Um, So I... I don't know if I want to get into like complete details of everything, but um, I mean, the big thing is Garrett struggled immensely with mental health and um, he passed away in 2021. So it was coming off of COVID lockdowns um, and it was something that he just struggled with immensely. Um, And I yeah so it was in, it was very unexpected for my family and myself and I prior to losing Garrett had never lost anyone in my immediate family similarly I had lost a grandparent um I knew I had a good amount of friends or like friends of friends or friends family members who had passed away so I had kind of an oddly close experience with death and dying and you know um, but never one of my own directly and interestingly enough I remember having a conversation with an old roommate who um, was asking me before Garrett passed away if I had ever lost anyone close to me. And I remember, you know, she was asking for a friend, you know, my friend's mom's anniversary of her passing is coming up. Mm. Have you ever dealt with anything like that? What should I do? Should I do something? Should I not do something? Should I take their lead? And I remember just saying, I I have no experience. I don't know what the best thing to do is. Mm. And, um, and it's just so interesting because that always comes back to me and what I didn't know then and how I would answer so differently now. Um, but yeah, so losing Garrett as such a young person, 23 years old, I was pretty fresh out of college and I was living on my own, away from my family, like states away from my family. I was living in Colorado, and they were living in Michigan still. Um, it was 
<laughs> unsurprisingly, the hardest time in my life and remains, God willing, the hardest thing I'll ever go through. And it's just such an interesting thing to experience. And by interesting, I obviously mean terrible, but it's, it is fascinating because something I'll always say is no one is expected or taught to know how to handle those things. Yeah. And no one should. And I stand by that, even as someone who's experienced it. I believe that we as humans, like our hearts are not made to know yeah. how to deal with that kind of loss and kind of conversely how to help other people go through those losses because it is unnatural to us what we know yeah. is living. Yeah. And um, so it was incredibly hard for me because it was the first time I was experiencing it and to this day I'm still moving through the new stages of grief yeah because it's always new there's always new life experiences that are the first time I'm doing it without my brother and um you know as I change as a person I gain new perspectives or I gain more questions about this situation or that as it pertains to life and death um but I was very, very, very fortunate enough to have an incredible support system from my family and a couple really close friends in my life. But I will say, and this is something that I would never fault those people for, but I was very aware of who was able to be there for me and who was not able to be there for me. And again, I want to make it so clear that that's not something I fault people for but what I realized and I guess I just want to say this if there's anyone who hears this who has experienced something like what I have some of my closest friends did not have the capacity to be there for me and I think that's something that is worth talking about because you naturally I think people would assume my closest friends those are the people who will always know what to say what to say how to pick me up how to kind of like stay with me on these things but i it was the silence was pretty loud you know yeah of course and um so i i guess i just want to say that because being more removed from the situation I'm able now to say to see and say that it wasn't personal it wasn't because they didn't want to be it wasn't because they were trying to ignore it but they didn't have the capacity they didn't have the language they didn't how do you know you know um so if that's something that you yourself have found you're in a situation like this first of all I'm so incredibly sorry for your loss and I'm so sorry that you're experiencing this time where... This second grief. Exactly. Of, of grieving the support that you need. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, I think that's absolutely right. Um, but I think that 
th- this is why it's so interesting to talk about because you, Saba, have such a unique superpower <laughs> in having an incredible capacity to dive in with people in in these spaces. Which is so kind of you to say, and um, and I think that's kind of your those the your way the way that um, the way that I met Madeline, and the way that I got to my quote unquote superpower was actually by mistake, and I really oh, yeah. want I really want to talk about that because if there was one tangible takeaway for the people who are listening to this that want to be there for someone and don't know how or need support on where to start. I'm going to get technical telling you guys the story and then I'll dig deeper from there. So I met Madeline months after Garrett had died Mm -hmm. and it was in a work capacity. Mm -hmm. So it's not really a situation where it would come up immediately or the circumstances or you, I wouldn't walk through the door and meet you and you would say, my brother died six months ago. Mm -hmm. Um, so really it's something you pick up through context clues. Mm -hmm. Um, which I did, and I gathered that you had a brother that had passed, and we followed each other on Instagram, and I think a few months into knowing you, you posted something about, it may have been Garrett's birthday or something like that, Mm -hmm. and you posted on Instagram a childhood photo of you two, um, and said something like, happy birthday, I miss you so much, or something to where I could tell the situation Mm -hmm. but because it was a childhood picture Mm. of you and Garrett I thought that he had passed a very long time ago yeah I just assumed that you had lost him decades before Mm -hmm. um and because of that I assumed that there was a fair amount of distance and so now I'll get back to why that gave me a superpower when I heard Madeline talking about Garrett or something about her brother or something like that, and these are, it's at work, but it's a very small work environment. So we talked a lot um, and we would all get together and have lunch together. Um, And when I heard Madeline talk about Garrett, I was not scared to ask questions Um, And I wasn't scared to talk about him because I thought that a lot of time had passed since he died. And looking back now, I'm so glad that I got that wrong because I think the thing most lacking in people who don't know what to say is courage. Mm. People are rightly fearful of saying the wrong thing. I don't know if there's a more intimidating topic. Yeah. And getting tricked into thinking <laughs> <laughs> you didn't trick me. Scam. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't trick me, but um getting it wrong and thinking that we were meeting in our 20s and you had lost your brother 10, 15 years prior. Um and I could say, 
you know, what was he like? Or like, um, oh, that's such a funny story. He sounds hilarious. Um, I wasn't intimidated. Yeah. And in so far as it's appropriate, if you can, if somebody around you loses someone, I think it's incredibly important to have courage um, and to put yourself out there a little bit. I know the stakes are high and that you don't want to say something wrong, but I might ask yourself, if this had happened 10 years ago, would I be more comfortable talking to them about it? Mm. And if I would, what would I say that I'm too afraid to say now? Yeah. Because for me, it's like, truthfully, the answer was that then I could sit and talk to you and be like, what was your brother like? And if I had known that he had died so recently, I would have thought that that would really upset you. Definitely. And I I didn't know this until very recently, that this was Saba's experience with finding out about Garrett. But it completely makes sense to me. And I, um, I think, oh gosh, I completely lost my train of thought. That's okay. Um, oh my gosh. Okay, so you didn't know, and I think it was just so incredible the way that you approached me. Here we go. I'm back on my train of thought. Um. <laughs> And I think something that I explicitly ended up saying to you is that I, in the two years now, granted at that time it was six months or so, in the two years since I've lost Garrett, I've never been more upset about someone saying something and it being the wrong thing more than someone not saying someone not saying something and almost ignoring it and acting like it hasn't happened. Especially when, and people will know, there are certain contexts where it hangs in the air and it's obvious and it's there to grasp. Yeah. Not always, but sometimes it's right there. And I've never been hurt by someone bringing it up, but I have been hurt by people not bringing it up. That's, and that is a huge thing that I think people need to hear, Mm -hmm. that it's not the kind thing mm-hmm. to to just let them figure it out or it, it's such a lie to think like oh if they want to talk about it they'll tell me or if they need anything they'll ask mm-hmm. I think that's a whole topic just for life in general mm-hmm. but when someone has lost someone incredibly important to them I don't know if it's the best thing to then add a task to their plate. Exactly. Who has the capacity to say, oh, do you know what? I'm going to text my coworker. I'm going to text my friend and say, I'm feeling so sad. You know, I'm feeling so much grief because of, you know, my mom passed away. Um, can you be there for me? I mm-hmm. need an extra long hug. You just don't have the mental space. No, and it does not feel good to do that. And I will say, I had someone explicitly say to me, I was talking to so-and-so, a mutual friend, 
I was talking to so-and-so and I told her, if Madeline needs me regarding grief, she'll reach out. She knows she can reach out to me. And I understood, I understood the sentiment of what was being said. Kind of, I did. But what, that's what, awful. I'm, I mean, I don't always, I won't miss, mince words. That is what we're here to eradicate. Exactly. I and think in general, that's, it's foul. You know, we're only on earth for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. So try to like love hard while you're here. Right. And that was an incredibly isolating feeling for me to, in, in <laughs> very close words, be told, I won't be checking up on you. In Not this only time. did your brother die, but you have homework. Yeah. Email yeah. me. What the fuck? Yeah. So that is what we are here to to talk through. Yeah. And I'm a pretty literal person and I say dumb it down. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, I am thinking about this person. My heart is breaking for them. I know how close they were to this person and I want to make sure they're okay, but I have no idea what to say mm-hmm. and I'm so afraid that what I say will be stupid. Mm-hmm. Write out exactly that. Yeah. Literally write that down. Say, I'm so scared to say something because I'm afraid to sound stupid. I'm afraid to say the wrong thing, but I love you. I'm thinking of you. I'm so sorry. Um, I know how shitty this is. Um... I want to be there for you. Can I be there for you in any way? Literally, you can stream of consciousness do it. Yeah. Um, and I would never take that in the wrong way. And uh, here I am speaking in generalizations, but I would be hard-pressed to find anyone who's lost a loved one who would take that in a, in a bad, negative way. A thousand percent. And I will say, this made me think of this, if it's someone that you're not incredibly close to, Mm -hmm. and you're thinking, they have closer friends, Mm. other people are reaching out, it would be weird if I reached out, I might encourage you to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you met them one time at a work retreat and just follow them on Facebook, like, don't be a freak. But if you (laughs) have had dinner together before, put yourself out there. Yeah. And something I've always felt really strongly about, even prior to losing my brother, I'm just so not a fan of this mindset that Somebody, somebody else will do it. Oh, yeah. It's so easy, and I do this. It's so easy to fall into the mindset of it's, it could be my responsibility, but it could easily be somebody else's responsibility. We can do that for everything. Oh, yeah. We can do that for everything. But if we are specifically in the context of grief, thinking I'm not necessarily the closest person to this yeah individual somebody else is going to take care of it somebody else will be following up with them in two weeks in a month so on and so forth it's so easy that everyone takes that approach because everybody's scared it's so uncomfortable even as somebody who has lost a loved one 
I still get intimidated sometimes by talking about it, talking about loss with a different person who has lost someone in their lives. It's still intimidating. And yet, I can't, we just can't afford to take the approach that it's somebody else's responsibility because that could leave a person with no one. A thousand percent. And it can't just be one person. It can be so many people reaching out to support someone. Right. There's strength in numbers. Basically, the point that I want to drive home is that saying nothing is always worse. Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) I guess not always. (laughs) Saying nothing is worse than saying something with good intentions. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And my advice for what you do say is be honest and heartfelt. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if if you're scared of saying the wrong thing, you can tell them that. Yeah. Um, be honest um, and heartfelt. And this is a big one. Show up without making it about you. Mm. A good rule of thumb when somebody has lost someone, I would say wait a little while to bring up your own experience unless, this is the caveat, unless it's the exact same situation as what they're going through. Right. So when somebody has lost their dad Mm -hmm. and somebody says, I'm so sorry for what you're going through, my cat just died, that's... A no-go. That's a no-go. Um... But if your dad has also passed away, mm-hmm. I definitely think that that's, that can be a huge comfort to someone. Definitely. But unless it is a directly comparable situation, mm-hmm. I would say table that. Yeah. Maybe until you get into some deeper conversations and focus on the person at hand. Yes. And I do completely agree with you. My only caveat kind of in that is that wow I think there's a way to completely maintain the situation being about the other person even if it's not completely direct but it's pretty close I think there can be some value in saying I've experienced something similar in not so that you can turn it back on you but so that you can say I know how uncomfortable it is I know how it feels like nobody wants to hear about it. I've been through that, just so you know. Like, I, I know both sides, and I'm here to listen whenever you need because I know that it doesn't go away quickly. Something like that. Yeah. But that means sense. still you leave it, you put it out there, you set it down, and then you automatically go back to their situation. That's not your time. Exactly, and I think that... You just need to be aware of the line. Definitely. Um, and to make sure that you're giving them the space to comfort them and that it never turns to them comforting you. Definitely. While they're in their grief. Right. And, but I will say, to kind of take that a step further, there's a huge difference between crying to someone, to the grieving person, and crying with the grieving person and that is something that you've done with me is cry with me 
And it's incredibly powerful and healing. I want to dive deep into that Mm -hmm. because I think that's a huge part of this whole process with a friend. Like Madeline said, there's a difference between crying to someone who is experiencing grief, and that's to say, you've lost someone, but I'm making it about me, mm-hmm. and I'm crying about my, you know, grandma died, mm-hmm. um, when I should be being there for you in that moment. Mm-hmm. Not to say you can't have your own grief, but understand the timing. Mm-hmm. Um, But when you see someone that you love deeply hurt and going through something horrible, that can make you emotional. Don't be afraid to cry in that way. Yeah. I think there were so many times that I would look at Madeline and I would see her struggling or about to cry or missing Garrett and it made me so sad because Mm -hmm. I love her so much and I know what it's like to love a sibling so much Mm -hmm. and it would make me cry yeah and sometimes we would just hold hands and cry Mm -hmm. and I never got to meet Garrett directly indirectly I have (laughs) Um, And through all the conversations me and Madeline have had, I've gotten to know him really well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've gotten to sit and try to feel what Madeline is feeling. And if she needs a hug while she's crying, I might be crying too because Mm -hmm. this is crazy and hard and intense. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that... You don't have to be an authority in this space. No. I think a lot of people think that they need to have something profound to say or they need to fix it in some way. Yeah. The bottom line is that you can't fix it. Right. Which is freeing in a way. You can't... The The responsibility of fixing the situation is far from your shoulders. Mm-hmm. All that you can do is show up with that person um so that they know they're not alone definitely that's all truly that's all and yet that is everything that's everything that's everything and I think you've given such an incredible insight into what you can do as the person who has not experienced the grief and I want to give some kind of just some practicals to what you can do as the person who has experienced it to make it clear because this is not a situation that shines brightly in nuance it is best in my experience to be as clear and concrete as possible And this is also something, like, for those who have experienced loss, it takes time and everyone's approaches are different, and that's totally fine. But something that I um, realized myself is I needed to ask for exactly what I needed Mm. and tell people exactly what I could and could not take. 
And this kind of only works when somebody, when your support develops that support really well. Mm-hmm. Or So, like, I think what Madeline is saying is that if you haven't heard from someone, yes, you're not going to be texting them what you need exactly. or calling them and saying, you know, I'm having a really hard day. Can you come over? But if someone has put themselves out there, texted you, called you, shared their support, mm-hmm. it has then allowed you exactly the space to reach out and tell them what you need. That's exactly, exactly what I mean. Thank you. Yeah, so... I, for example, I was able to do this with Sava, and one of those things was telling her directly, I'll never be upset by anything you say if you bring him up. Which was really great for me to hear, Mm -hmm. because I had kind of put myself out there, been vulnerable a little bit to ask about it, testing the waters of like, are you going to burst into tears or hate me? Mm-hmm. Um, and they were all really great conversations talking about mm-hmm. him. So when she told me that she would always be happy to talk about him, mm-hmm. it was a great green light. Yeah, yeah. And again, to your credit, that was because you had fostered that safety for me. Um, And then with that, something that I told Saba specifically was that um, there can be a confusion that tears always equate to being upset. Mm -hmm. But I had to say, I might cry sometimes when we're talking about him, or if somebody brings him up, I might cry. But that doesn't mean I'm upset that we're talking about it. It's just emotional. It's just emotional, exactly. And I think, you know, tears can be uncomfortable, so people might want to draw back as soon as they see tears. But I would say do your best to not be spooked by tears. And that does not, obviously, check with the person, make sure that you're continuing to read their signals or ask them directly. Yeah. But just because this person who's firsthand experiencing the grief is crying, it doesn't always mean stop the conversation and don't bring it up again. A thousand percent. And something that you really taught me that I'd love for you to tell us more about is rightfully so uh death is a huge bummer to talk about but (laughs) that not every conversation should be a sad one yeah yes absolutely um and that was kind of a two-way street it was something that I I said to you but that was also something that you helped me foster and feel comfortable with um but at at a certain point, I realized most people think that every conversation about Garrett is going to be emotional, sad, bummer. But he was a hilarious person, and if there's one thing I love to do, it's laugh. And I I want to think of him in his best times and in our best times and in the funniest things he's ever done and the stupidest things he's ever done I 
the best way to immortalize a person is to remember them truly as they are. And so it would be incorrect to immortalize him as this forever sad object of my in you know in my mind yeah but i talk about the annoying things that he did because he was annoying yeah to me as <laughs> an older brother is and he was so funny and he was always getting me into trouble and i was always getting him into trouble and he, she killed his guinea pig. I did know? kill his guinea pig. It was so <laughs> stressful for me. Um, she didn't mean to. Yeah, it, it was, was man, an manslaughter. <laughs> yeah. Guinea slaughter. Guinea slaughter. It was literally traumatizing, <laughs> um, but not more traumatizing than my actual brother dying. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was so freeing for me, and it made me so happy knowing that people like you who have come into my life after his passing and who didn't know me and him before then get to know him before then does that make sense no I know what you mean I sometimes the way that I've heard Madeline talk about it um is that I'm sure it can feel like time is split in two yeah and there's everything that was before Garrett died Mm -hmm. and then everything after Garrett died and that you want to bridge the two things Mm -hmm. and so it's like this new friend that I have didn't know this person Mm -hmm. so they'll never know this person right but it's a really cool thing because you can get to know the person yeah um definitely give it the time and space that you need don't feel forced to talk about everything Mm -hmm. you know 24 7 but you can get to know a person Mm -hmm. through their loved ones and I think that that has been so cool Mm -hmm to hear your stories and see the pictures and um I feel genuinely like I know Garrett yeah and I do too and something that I love that you do is you will say like you'll text me and be like oh my gosh I saw this thing or I heard this thing and it made me think of Garrett and it's so sweet and that's something that you did for me before I did for anyone else but I've picked up since then mm-hmm. with other friends of mine who have lost loved ones. And when I think of like a song or something, and I'll now text my friends and say, I heard such and such song and it reminded me of your dad mm. or different things yeah. like that. And it meant so much because especially from someone who never got the chance to meet him, it shows me that I'm talking about him in such a true and honorary way that he does live on that's how he remains yeah so I loved that and it w- it meant so much to me that you did that oh of course I think part of why I did it is I wanted you to know that the sole burden of remembering him wasn't on you which and is I, huge that's huge. something to think about that I think when Correct me here if I'm wrong, but I think when you lose someone, you feel this responsibility. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a burden, but this responsibility to remember this person and to carry them with you. Definitely. And that's no small task. And so as you're 
talking with your friends about what they've gone through, remember that, that you can share the burden and that remembering them is helping to lighten the load. Definitely. The more people do it, the better too. Yeah. And that is, that has been one of the most healing things for me. And I'm going to put that into a practical. And this is something that I, again, have had to do, um, as the friend and the supporter of someone who's lost a loved one. Um, but when it's been returned to me, by you notably, but when it's been returned to me, it, it makes a world of a difference. But practically speaking, if you are the supporter of someone who's lost a loved one, put their anniversary of death in your calendar mm. for the next year, for the year after that, for 10 years after that. Yeah. So that you always get that reminder every year and you text them because it's incredibly lonely to be the only one remembering their anniversary. So put their anniversary of their death in your phone. Put their birthday in your phone. Also, go six months out. Just set in a reminder to check on them. That is such a good practical tip. And it, it, it... to me has meant the world when people have done that um and I think that's just practicals make people comfortable a thousand percent and so it's so much I mean practicals yeah and so do I so do I so I think a huge one is like mark your calendar and always reach out on those on those days and not just those days I'm gonna take it a step further holidays are really hard Mm. Um, yeah so you know if it's obviously specified to each person if it, it's the loss of a mom or a dad text them on mother's day text them on father's day or you know my brother there's no brother's day unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> um but you know find those those holidays that might be particularly hard for somebody or a big accomplishment you know yeah like you just got married that's a big deal you know there are different life stages that people who have lost loved ones have to go through without their loved ones and so just reminding them and texting them something as simple as like hey I know so and so is so proud of you right yeah exactly I think that's a big deal it's so small but to your point it it helps carry the burden and this is something that I I also needed I think I told you, again, on the practicals side of everything, I told Sava, and I'll tell everyone, I think a huge fear, and a huge fear of mine before losing Garrett, when approaching other people who had lost loved ones, I felt like, oh, this person seems really happy today, I don't Mm want to bring it up. Mm -hmm. I promise you, you don't forget that you've lost a loved one. You're not happy because you forgot exactly exactly it's always on your mind to some degree it's always there and if it's not immediately on your mind it's a centimeter away close by very close by and so I don't want anyone to be afraid of thinking they seem so happy right now I was going to say something but I don't want to bring down the mood Mm -hmm. because it won't yeah it might change the feel of the conversation, but it's not going to ruin that person's day. Yeah. And I think that's where it's important to bring in 
that understanding that tears don't equate unhappiness. Yes. Or, like, feeling upset that somebody said something. A thousand percent. Mm -hmm. Especially, like, if the thing is positive towards the person you've lost or to you. Exactly. Like, I've really been thinking about you. Mm -hmm. um, That kind of thing. And what I want to say is that in these friendships Mm -hmm. where you're trying to navigate this, whichever side of it you're on, having lost someone or trying to be there for someone who's lost someone, both parties have to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really hard um, for everyone involved, but for the people... um, wanting to be there you've got you've got to put yourself out there and say say the thing send the text reach out Mm -hmm. even if it's awkward and uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um and then the person who's lost someone has to ask for what they need or accept the help yeah absolutely um yeah i think I just really want to make it clear before we kind of wrap up on like the practical end of things. I I will forever and always tell people I'll never fault anyone for not knowing what to say. And on top of this or on top of that, I was in those shoes before I lost Garrett. I I don't want it to come off like I've always been good at this. Yeah. And I always expect people to be good at this because I, though I can't remember directly, I'm absolutely certain that I bypassed lots of conversations that should have been had per my own discomfort. Mm-hmm. And, and for that reason, I have an ocean's worth of empathy for people feeling uncomfortable in those situations and being nervous to talk about somebody's loved one that they've lost um, or not, you know, just avoiding it altogether or whatever it might be. I feel a lot of empathy um, and understanding for those people. And I would venture to say most every person who's lost someone would feel the same way. Yeah. There has been a time in everyone's life where they have not lost someone. Yeah. Um, And... So everyone knows what that side of things is like, to some extent, at least. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't... What I don't want this whole conversation to come off as is that... You're a bad person if you haven't done this before. Exactly. Or if you haven't had the skills. Or... Exactly. And that's what, that's what this conversation is for. Yeah. We have gotten ourselves up on this soapbox so that we can make this conversation makes the case for putting yourself out there in a really weird context yeah exactly in a really unnatural context yeah um and i I, what i want this to be is encouraging yeah for both the people who haven't experienced it and kind of have a sense that maybe there are some uncomfortable conversations that they want to have and for those who have lost someone who 
are trying to navigate how to ask for what they want. Yeah. And um, I think also just like a last point that I want to make is that through the relationship and the openness you helped me foster in the context of losing Garrett and speaking up about it, now because of that, I'm able to text you or text our group texts and say, I'm having a really bad morning. Yeah. I'm feeling really sad. And when I get into work, I'm going to shut myself in the room and take some time and collect myself. Um, so, A, that means the world to me. And B, there are people out there who want to support you. Yes, there are but sometimes they just might not know how and that's what we want to get to at this com- in this conversation is the how on both ends yeah and to your point it requires vulnerability on both ends it takes a huge amount of vulnerability on the end of the person who has not lost someone because it's so unfamiliar and uncomfortable but it also takes it takes a mirrored vulnerability from the person who has lost someone to continue to offer that green light yes and also to be able to help them know because the only one who can know best what we need is ourselves and so I have to do Sava that favor by texting her and saying I have been crying all morning I need alone time or I need a hug or I want to talk about him and I can offer my help and my clarity in that way. Yeah. But I wasn't able to do that without your openness and your vulnerability getting me there. So thank you for that. Thank you. I feel like it's been a huge gift to share this with you in my very small way um, and to get to know your brother. Mm -hmm. Um, and to share this part of our lives. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for it. Um, and I hope that our story and Garrett's story will um, be helpful to yeah. people. Yeah. Thank you for everything you've done. It's been monumental. <sighs> Crying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I love you. I love you too. That's all, folks. (laughs) Bye. Love ya. Bye.